What's going on, all you dads out there and all you moms? Welcome to the latest episode of the Fade You Podcast, episode 137. Thanks for checking this one out. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter at Fade You Sports. Support the show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. I like that one. Uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out the YouTube, the TikTok. Been a little slow here during the playoffs, but we promise got more stuff coming for you guys soon. My name is Matthew James. Joined on this episode, we got Joe here. We got Chris here. Boys, you ready to talk some hockey? Oh, you know it, Matthew. So we're recording this on uh, on Tuesday afternoon. The Avalanche Oilers series is going to start in 30 minutes. So that series will have started by the time this episode goes live. But it's all good. We're going to talk plenty of hockey. We are uh, super excited to be joined by Andrew McKinnis from Wager Talk. Andrew is one of the, the better Hockey handicappers out there, one of the better guys out there after meeting Andrew in Vegas for sure. So uh, we're, we're thrilled that he came on to join us to preview these conference finals and talk about the final four teams remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much. It's so great to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, Vegas was a great time. Uh, what, a, what a place to meet people. I mean, uh, just a yeah, fun time in general. And then meeting people is just wow. Um, so thanks for having me and look forward to uh, break down these matchups. It's uh, it feels like the NHL playoffs have flown by, but uh, I guess that means I've been having fun watching. Quick note on Vegas real quick. We were, before you jumped on, we were kind of talking about, um, when we hung out with you and the various times we saw you and, and, uh, the thing about Vegas is there's some stuff that we just, some holes in the memory. We just don't remember all of it, but we, we certainly remember enough. So, um, I agreed with the playoffs going by fast. And this is always kind of bittersweet because like we're getting down to the last two rounds and it's great hockey. But on the other hand, it's so much fun. The first two rounds when there's multiple games every day for me, like I'll get home from work and on the West coast here, the first game's coming on at four o'clock right away. I mean, so speak to that difference between the first couple rounds when it's just, it's so hectic and there's multiple games on all the time and now it really slows down and you can dive into these conference finals well you know i think that uh, i'll be looking at props a lot more in these conference finals than i really did in the other rounds just to be honest with you just strictly on a, a time basis i mean I, I had some ideas on props i was looking at i was looking at um, you know which players i had my eye on which lines are creating besides just the top players on each team easy to say yeah mcdavid to get a goal or you know mckinnon to score a point i mean easy to do that stuff, but just to really dive into the deeper lines or even just some other guys or defensemen, power play points, all that type of stuff um, kind of has my eyes more now with the conference finals and especially in the cup finals, I'll be looking at that. But um, you know, I think that the biggest thing for this round is that you really kind of, you want to use what you've learned from the, or the previous rounds, but also it's still a, a clean slate, you know, um, this isn't Colorado and St. Louis anymore, and it's not the Battle of Alberta with Calgary and, and Edmonton. I think that uh, as much as I do believe that we're going to see some goals throughout this series, I, I think that the expectation being set by people is that this is going to be very similar to the Edmonton-Calgary series as far as the goals go, seeing the total being set at seven, you know, first seven we've seen in the playoffs so far. And I'm not by any means going to come on here and tell you guys to expect just a 2-1 result in some of these games. 
But, you know, I, I think that it definitely is a new series and a new matchup. Um, and it's important that I think all of us really take it round by round. But I can't wait to be looking more into props this round because I've told myself I will look into it. I start to do it and then I realize, you know, I've got this to look forward to. I've got this matchup, you know. So one thing I can say for the conference finals, I definitely look more towards the prop market. Chris, I know you wanted to start with the totals in the Colorado Edmonton series. I mean, Chris, Chris is one of the most stubborn underbetters I've ever met in my life and will for sure meet in my life. Chris, you saw that seven. Uh, that's that's right in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, I wanted to ask Andrew about that. I mean, I love a good tight three, two, 11 under matchup. And uh, I was going to ask, I mean, you have to think, OK, seven even if you get a tie at three, three and get it lands four, three, you're okay. You'll take a push. Like, you know, um, and, and I was going to ask you, do you lean towards, even with the prop market, do you lean towards the under? Cause I mean, wasn't the McDavid shots on goal set at like four and a half. I mean, are you really going to take the risk of him getting five or are you going to lean more towards they're just inflating a little bit and the average better is going to look towards over, 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 do you find more value in some of these unders coming in here? Yeah, I really think that, um, you know, in order for them to have success, they obviously need McDavid to be a strong player. But I think that it's been really, you know, misunderstood as to why they're here in the position they are in right now. And it's because of guys like Evander Kane, Pugliarvi, Nugent Hopkins, the secondary guys. So I agree with you. I mean, McDavid, there's probably going to be a couple, a game or two in this series where he gets five or six shots for sure. But not every time. And, and fortunately for us, that number is probably going to be four and a half and shaded to the over at some point, you know, a lot of books for the most part. So I, I love it. I love meeting an under better. I mean, a lot of people just love to bet the overs and that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, I'm excited to meet someone that's interested in the unders. And, and like I said, looking towards this series after what we saw in the Battle of Alberta, what are we seeing on social media right now? Everybody's saying we're going to get like eight, five games here. <laughs> you know, it, it could be a feel out process between these two teams. And um, honestly, if I was playing this game tonight on the total market, I would be looking towards the under. Obviously, um, you know, we're talking about a half an hour, you know, prior to puck drop here in game one. Hopefully that doesn't blow up in my face saying that. Uh, but I, I do think that especially with that seven, because the way I look at it is that I'm a huge in game over better in the playoffs. I think it's kind of like soccer. You know, I don't know if you guys are soccer fans, but, you know, 80th minute zero zero one team puts one in all of a sudden everyone has to open up the tactics change the formations change hockey's different than soccer but i think that i mean look at even yesterday's new york and carolina game you know a lot of times you can see a second period slow down boom you know one late goal the third period explodes and even then the full game over isn't hitting so there's a good possibility that they're going to see some sevens where the full game will go under and you can get an in-game over something like four and a half, five and a half, and it lands right on that six. And to your point, a four or three is still a push. And to me, that sounds like a worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, that's great that you brought that up. I think Matt's going to touch on that too. We were at watching the game uh, with the Blues and the Avalanche and we had under six and a half looked great the whole game and then we kept asking ourselves should we hit that over in, in game of course it lands um over that four and a half we had to have to lay some juice but yeah it's great to look for that value and have that middle seems like there's always a, some little scrappy goals at the end that can get you there but uh it's yeah. still land full game under yeah 
Yeah, we had a ton of success in the first round or the last round firing overs in game when it was like one nothing at the end of the first period. And you can get it like four and a half, five and a half. And there's the value right there that people don't see pregame, especially if they're laying there's like a six out there. But I think Chris has to tell Andrew about our the game one battle of Alberta, that under that you chased oh all fucking night. <laughs> Andrew, you want to hear stubborn? He's calling you out. He's calling you out. Chris, Chris, tell tell him what happened. Tell him what happened. Let's just say uh, the only one I hit was under 15 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he bet it pregame and then it was an L and then he added on when it was like at like seven and a half L and then nine and a half and I think 10 and a half and then 15. <laughs> and he got one of the four. I was, I was, I was really hoping you were going to say that he like had the under and then realized it was going to be an overfest and then took the in-game over. Right. Uh, no, just continuously bet the under. <laughs> Yeah, what, he literally. Well, I gotta ask times. you, Chris, what in that game that you saw made you think it was gonna slow down? <laughs> I, uh, stubbornness, I, nothing I but stubbornness. That's that. it. I told There's him nothing that. going on up there. There's just it can't keep continuing like this. Oh, we. I told Matt <laughs> that that looked like a freaking peewee game. I was like, there was no D. It was like just goals fly. I'm like, I don't know how I could have just not changed my mind, like you said, and just <laughs> gone with the over. I think yeah, it was like a minute and 14 <laughs> seconds, right? A minute and 14 oh. seconds. There were four goals. Yeah, there was like four goals. goals. Yeah. Yeah. Chris was like, yeah, but I can't cut my losses at this point. I just got to keep adding on. <laughs> <laughs> we've all oh, done man. it. We've, we've all done it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I used to do sure. that with the Golden State Warriors back in the day when they had like opening spread was like minus 19. And then I would take it. Oh, well, they're definitely going to cover like 10. They're definitely going to cover <laughs> seven, six. And oh. they end up losing outright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a and slippery the, slope. And the group text is just legendary when that was happening. Just, can we get some goddamn D? Can a goalie <laughs> make it safe? And Chris is just, and then he's leaving the chat, the conversation at some point. It's just, I mean, that was well, a yeah, timer. He was at my house, so I got to witness it live, and it was just a hell of an event. I was just laughing because I knew I didn't, re- I didn't rebet it. I was like, okay, it's an L, whatever. We'll move on. Chris is like, nope, firing it again. Again. <laughs> yeah joe's Dude. like i'm jumping off this train i'm like nope gotta go again no but one of my favorite things to do live on pod is to make a bet so i'm gonna go hit that under seven right now andrew speaking Love of it. game ones i mean there is a narrative out there that and you mentioned it a few minutes ago that maybe there's a feeling out process like it's interesting the way the nhl does their playoffs this is the first time where you're not getting division teams, right? You're mm-hmm. same conference, but the Avalanche and the Oilers only played a few times versus division opponents that play several more times. Do you think that's a thing here? Feeling out process in game one, you could get a first period under, you could get a full game under, or is that totally case by cases? So that, that game one feeling out process is, is I don't know, maybe, is it a thing? I think depending on the matchup, you know, I think that, um, you know, one thing that's interesting is someone said this to me earlier today and it really kind of stuck with me as far as the Western Conference, um, I guess, semifinals with the two last series. Both of the run and gun teams are the ones that won the series, which is, you know, back in the day it would be the teams that were able to protect their own. Ed- I mean, I, I guess we can. Can we really say that about Calgary with how bad their defense is? Maybe not. But. You know, Calgary and St. Louis, if you ask me prior to those those series, you know, which team is more comfortable winning low scoring games, probably would be those two teams. Right. So when you look at it that way, 
I kind of feel like Colorado is due to explode offensively. And I trust their defense more than I trust the Oilers defense, you know, but I feel like if the Oilers are going to be, you know, in these hockey games, they're not going to want to play a four three game either, you know? So it, it's interesting that way, because I think that one thing that, you know, Calgary didn't do was activate their defensemen. How many times do we see defensemen jump into the rush for Calgary? Not very often between Devontae's, you know, Kale McCarr, Bone Byram. There's so many people that are so many players that can jump into the rush that is going to make it very difficult um, for the Oilers. So as far as the pace is concerned, I feel like usually the better team dictates that. But at the same time, Colorado didn't play that well defensively against the Blues. So, you know, I think that there will be a feel out process, but whoever scores that first goal kind of decides, you know, how they're going to dictate the game. But I do think as far as the first two games in Colorado, we could potentially see them you know, show their speed, show their shot count, show what they can do. And then when the series heads to um, Alberta, I think that's where I would isolate the unders, you know, because as much as I said that, you know, if I was playing a total in the game one, I would have looked under seven specifically in those Alberta games. I think that's where you're going to expect to look towards the unders, especially if Colorado takes, you know, game one and even game two in convincing fashion and high scoring fashion, Edmonton's going to realize potentially after game one, they have to play low scoring games or not really going to have the best success. That's definitely a good way to look at it. Now, as someone who's holding an Oilers Stanley cup future that a few months ago, I remember talking to you about this in Vegas. I thought there was no way like they were, they kind of got a little bit of a bump when, um, when Tippett got fired and, and Woodcroft took over and then they've, they've really kind of become a pretty dangerous team. Can they win the series? I think they can. I mean, I I'm, I'm not going to, I think that I think from a betting perspective, there's value. That's what, that's what I'll say. Does that, can that, can I answer the question that way? <laughs> yeah. Because, and, I mean, you know, go ahead. that's, that's the way I look at it. Really. I, I think that what, what, what the way I look at it is this, how you feel about what Edmonton can do, in my opinion, is how much respect you have for St. Louis. Because if you have a lot of respect for St. Louis, you say that, you know what, Colorado got over their second round hump and they did it. If you're not a huge St. Louis person, then you might say, you know what, Colorado just didn't impress me as much as you know, I thought they were going to. You know, and, and I'm kind of on that side of things. But I also think that Bennington played out of his mind when he was there and when he was healthy. And besides that game, went that uh, series clinching win, the Avalanche scored four goals at least on Huso and all those ones. So it's one of those things where I think that if if they can, you know, contain the Colorado Avalanche like the Blues were when Huso was in Nets, it's completely possible. You know, I think honestly, I think that I would take a look at Edmonton to win the cup if you think they're going to win the series, which obviously you already have the cup future. But once they're in the dance, which they're hoping to punch their ticket there, I think there's there's speed, there's skill and, and the way that they protect the puck could potentially match up against the Rangers or Lightning, you know, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I was reading an article last night and it uh, was quoting Forrest Gump about the life being a box of chocolates. That's what Mike Smith is. Mike Smith is a box of chocolates because if, if he, if he's on his game, 
He has, I think, the third highest goal save above average in the NHL playoffs. Nobody would think that because of the mistakes he makes, like allowing a 130-foot goal. But when he's not doing that, he's actually playing pretty good hockey. What a story. Yeah, I got over here. <laughs> yeah. ahead, he's Joe. got 8.8 goals of saved above you know, the uh, expected rating and a 924 save percentage. So that's not, I mean, fuck, dude. That's good. Yeah. He's an easy guy to laugh at <laughs> for some oh. of the stuff he does, you know, but that's oh my gosh. Good. I remember Talk him about- doing it. So I remember him doing, I mean, he's done this his whole career. Like he goes and plays the puck behind the goal and sometimes he'll turn it over and then it'll be a hilarious open net goal against. And I mean, he, he really is just a wild card. I mean, that's a perfect way to describe it. What were you going to say, Joe? I mean, we got to discuss his hair piece too. Oh, unreal. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like a hobo, man. <laughs> At least someone yeah. looks somewhat. Yeah. Like he just, yeah, he looks literally like a meth addict. <laughs> I, mean, I saw hey, something yeah, yeah, earlier. Apparently, like three of the four goalies that were left in last round were actually former um, Arizona Coyote goalies, which is kind of funny because like the team that you know they are, you know. So I guess they breed good goalies; they just can't keep them. Yeah, they they can't right. keep much down there in the desert. I mean, boy. Uh, okay, how about the East? Um, the the Rangers Hurricane series was dead under for the first five games, and then you finally get six and seven to go over. Everybody's talking about the goalies. It's Vasilevsky, it's Shesterkin, it's I mean the best goalie of the last few years versus this year's Vesna winner probably. I mean, could this be a dead under series if the goaltending holds up like people think it might? Most certainly. I I can't see it not being like that. You know, Uh, I have to make it very clear, though. I have been known and been called a Rangers hater through this playoff. So I'll I'll put that out there in the air uh, because I don't I don't think they deserved it against uh, the Penguins. And well, they did in game seven against the, the Hurricanes. But analytically, a lot of the games they played in, you know, they got out, you know, expected goals and all that type of stuff. But I'm not usually that kind of handicap for anyone that knows me knows I don't usually talk about that kind of stuff, but you know, the reason why I mentioned that is, is just, I think it's kind of funny. People have kind of labeled me as that, but also the New York Rangers find a way like in game seven against Carolina, Carolina takes two bad penalties. The Rangers say, thank you very much. They're up two nothing in the first period on two power plays. You know, you give just a two goal lead. It's like giving, you know, Mike Smith, a four goal lead. And, <laughs> and we just talk, we, we just talked about how great he is. I had I had to throw a little jab at him, but but honestly though, and that's what it's like for Vasilevsky as well. Um, not that these teams will sit back, but they're just really good at protecting their leads when they have it, and you can count on both of them to do that. You know, and take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, everyone wants to talk about, you know, um, guys like Kucherov and Stamkos, but we have to talk about you know the defensive core and it's not just headman it's all of them on the blue line for for the Tampa bay lightning they're, they're huge there's so much size there i mean between mcdonough and chernak you know there's so many guys that can stand you up with the blue line whether it's being physical whether it's a long reach with a poke check um you know i think that everybody wants to talk about the, the forwards and vasilevsky but the d don't get enough credit honestly for tampa 
Uh, same thing for Florida, or excuse me, uh, for New York as well. Um, I don't even know why Florida came out of my mouth. How embarrassing was that for them? Um, but as far as New York goes, um, you know, with Adam Fox and those guys in the back, even Truba, as much as I hate him for the oh hits God. he makes on Crosby and McKinnon, you got to respect a guy like that willing to make big hits. So I, I do think we're going to see an under series quite a bit, but, you know, it's kind of like, how I said the the better team usually dictates the total. If we start to see Tampa get ahead, then we might have to see New York play a little bit looser. You know, one thing I think is so great about Tampa compared to other teams is that they're completely comfortable in both high scoring and low scoring games. Whereas you look at Carolina who New York just played, they want to play every game. Like it's two, one, you know, that's when they have their success, but Tampa Bay, they'll say, okay, you want to play a five, four game. I'll play that. You want to play a two, one game. We're down. And that's where I think they really have the edge because the games could open up, you know, let's say it's two, one in the series for Tampa Bay and New York's down in that, that next game, they might start, you know, putting some defensemen forward or um, carrying the puck in more instead of dumping and chasing. And that could cause some turnovers and stuff like that, but it's going to be a great series. I think that Shesterkin needs the credit. He, I, I've been saying it all year long, even though he was a Vezina nominee, I still don't think the media talked about him enough for how great he is. And I think it lives up to its expectations. As far as game one, I think it's hard not to look towards goals though. in that one, because of how long Tampa Bay has had off. I mean, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I mean, is there a such thing as too much rest, you know, for a team like that? Yeah. I was going to ask you, yeah, they're coming in off eight days rest, rest versus rest. That's the whole, the old saying, I guess. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, a team that's gotten gotten it done two years in a row, like the Lightning, you think they'd be able to just be like, well, we can do this shit, you know? Yeah. 13 cup winners on that team and six remaining uh, on the other three altogether. Unreal. Wow. It's crazy to think, and, you know, how soon we forget because of what happened in their last round against Florida where they just dominated. But, I mean, they were on the ropes against Toronto, the Leafs just couldn't, they couldn't put them away. Like they're down in game six, right? Down three, two in the series. And then, oh man, I feel, I just feel bad for Toronto fans. Now you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. So do you, I mean, do you, do you have sympathy for the Leafs fans? Like it's just kind of sad at this point. (laughs) No sympathy for me. Uh, I I saw some Canadians fans rooting them on, but uh, honestly, where I live, uh, I'm from far, far east coast of Canada. We have no pro team, so everyone's either a Leaf, Bruins, or Habs fan. Um, and uh, really, my problem with Leafs fans is number one, I'm just I'm a Canadians fan. It's just in my blood. But number two is the expectation. You know, every year they act like they're going to win the cup, but they haven't won a round since Facebook was invented. So incredible. You know, I just I love to make my jokes, but in all seriousness, it's it's like Matthews is so great. He scored sixty, but you know, get your team over the hump. But I honestly, I will say as far as, the, I mean, I actually tweeted out that I think if they played any other team in the, in the first round, they probably, they probably won that in the East. I mean, they played a really good round and, and just couldn't get it done. But I will say that I think that they just have too many players that are the same. Like they need to score goals that aren't nice. When's the last time you saw a Leafs goal that wasn't like nice, wasn't a nice goal. Like every goal that Tampa Bay has scored this playoffs I think like every fourth goal is maybe, maybe made like a highlight reel. Like in, in that game seven, Nick Paul had his coming out party and scored his 
first and second playoff career goals. And they both weren't like what the second one was okay, but you guys get what I'm saying. I think you need to have those, those guys that score the garbage goals and it takes skill to do it. That's why Corey Perry is still in the NHL. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Is, and scoring goals for that team in the playoffs. It's crazy that he's doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe, Chris, we got anything else for Andrew before we get out of here and, and turn this game one on? <laughs> I was just going uh, to just, just fuck Corey Perry as a Sharks <laughs> fan. <laughs> I know you work hard and, uh, and, uh, you know, people can take care of you for your plays and stuff. Do you got one though? Uh, you can hook the, maybe for tomorrow, like if the, we post this and the listeners say, Hey, what's Andrew got up his sleeve for tomorrow. You got one you really like it's calling you that you're going to probably release or something. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say first period over one and a half goals in uh, the Eastern conference finals. You're going to see all over social media, everybody telling you first period under because of what these goalies are and who they are. But I think after the series that New York just went through and, you know, whether or not it was a dominant victory in game seven or not, Carolina still did put lots of shots forward and Tampa Bay with how much rest they have, we're going to see something. And I think it's going to be early and the game will actually settle in after that. So uh, that's what I'd like to give your viewers. I really hope I can cash a ticket. Um, I also wanted to mention, I forgot to say this, but this is a plan I've, I've had for this series. It's, it still might not be the best odds it works out this way, but I think if we get like 130 or 140, if Colorado wins game one, we're going to have a great opportunity to take Edmonton, not to win the series, not plus one and a half games, plus two and a half games at like a 135, 140 price. So they always say a series isn't over until a home team or you lose at home. The market's reaction after one loss is going to be big. And I, I'm hoping Colorado wins game one, just so I can take the Edmonton Oilers plus two and a half series games. I love that bet. And I just locked in that first period over for tomorrow. Sweet. Let's do Very it. Nice. Beautiful. He's Andrew McKinnis uh, over a wager talk. Got a lot of stuff. Andrew, what's the schedule for you guys like the rest of the way throughout the rest of the playoffs? So we have a uh, puck time every day at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I'm kind of recording videos throughout the day as well, posting them on Twitter from props and, and totals, different things like that. And of course, all my best bets and favorite plays across all sports are at our website at wager talk. And I also do a show at 2 PM Eastern called the ice guys. And that's just like strictly, uh, we, that's more like uh podcast style, like kind of just talking and giving our opinions. Whereas, um, puck time, we have some fun, but it's more so uh, strictly into the picks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you can find me all over Twitter at McGinnis picks. And uh, I love, re- you know, chatting with people and talking about the game. So feel free for anyone to give me a follow and I'll follow you back. Beautiful. Can't wait for these conference finals cup final. When is, when's the cup final going to end anyway? Is it, are we looking at probably like a late June? June 30th is the latest it could go. Wow. That'll be, that's, that's definitely different. So can't wait. It's summertime. So <laughs> Still got a month of hockey and then, uh, yeah, Andrew, we'll do this again down the road, maybe something before next season and, uh, and see what the Canadians look like after this first overall pick. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get out of here with this. Chris, just remind everybody what happens when you bet on poop. Like, I don't know, the Pittsburgh pirates against the Doys. Sometimes you cash a big ticket like Joe <laughs> did plus two eighty, baby. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Bay.